0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Mostly What God Does, written and narrated by Today Show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie. Mostly What God Does is available now everywhere you get your audiobooks.
1: Hey folks! Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. My name is Dr. Jamar Tisby, aka Jay, aka the Big Dog, as Jonathan Majors of Creed Three called me one time. But that is neither here nor there. I am with a special guest today about breaking news, uh, some very sad news, um, angering news. Professor Sam Jokel is with me. How are you doing?
0: I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there
1: what a silly question it's it's uh as 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 folks will will hear um of course you're hanging in there and and that's about as much as we can ask in this moment just to give you all a recap um professor sam and i have spoken before and uh we even got a chance to do a written interview about his situation as uh, a professor at palm beach atlantic university in florida south florida and um the situation there with him teaching a unit on racial justice, which, by the way, he's done before and has been at the school for 20 years. One day after class, uh, some administrators were waiting for him and basically put his the renewal of his contract on pause pending an investigation into his teaching on racial justice. So you can go back on my substack to find uh, more details about that, as well as the written interview we did on the Religion News Service. But Professor Sam, you've got some updates. Tell us what happened since then.
0: Sure. So uh, since then, I a- after this occurred, I, uh, I taught as normal, carried on as I have been for 20 years. And then uh, it was last Last uh, Thursday mor- afternoon, so that was a week ago today, I uh, I finished teaching a class. I walked into my office and I discovered that my um, c- computer monitor was gone. My telephone was gone. My keyboard was gone. Uh, my speakers from my computer were gone. And I didn't know what happened. It, I actually thought at first that someone broke into my office and stole my equipment. Uh, Luckily, I had my laptop on me. So uh, then then I, you know, calmed down (laughs) and thought about it. And I said, okay, this must mean that um, the university wants me gone.
1: So uh, hold up. I mean, oh, my goodness. Like, of all the ways to sort of handle this. All right. We'll get into the decision itself and how Cowardly, in my view, it was. But to just like without any notice, take away your technology, your equipment, lock you out of access to all of these things, so you just discover it. I did, and and to be fair to the university, they did
0: they did say that someone jumped the gun here. Someone was over eager.
1: Whoa! They,
0: and got you know rid of my says. stuff. They got rid of my stuff before notifying me that they were going to get rid of my stuff. But yeah, it felt. I mean, I felt you know pretty victimized here this is like what have this is my this is my office this is my my space and so yeah you've been in stuff. that office
1: for how long
0: oh uh, i don't a decade
1: goodness uh, gracious
0: so so then the next morning um that's when my lawyer notified me that uh, the university was not only not going to renew my contract for next academic year but they didn't they 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 said you need to stop teaching this semester we don't even want we you're, you're not allowed back on campus Whoa. so that's that's when everything really got serious Well, i guess the, the intense been level. serious, serious. But yeah. yeah i mean it's, <laughs> that's when i realized okay we uh, this is this is this is big trouble now
1: so so going back a little bit that first day when you found your equipment gone did anybody contact you that day or were you sort of in limbo for the rest of the day? Just one I was three- in lim-
0: yeah, I was in limbo for the rest of the day. What I immediately did when I discovered my stuff was gone was I emailed my dean and said, look, uh, someone either stole stuff from my office or stuff has been taken from my office. I don't know what's going on. Please advise. So so, so, I waited for a response from the Dean, and, of course, he never did respond because he apparently knew what was going on all along. So, I never did hear back from the Dean. the only, the only thing I heard was uh, from my lawyer the next day telling me that uh, the university has made the decision that they do not want you to teach your classes. So, I mean, that that was really hard because I have I'm teaching some students in in my classes this semester that I've taught. Multiple semesters, and I've I've made connections with them. I didn't even get to say bye to these students, uh, right? They don't even. It's just unceremoniously the end.
1: Whoa. Okay, and so and then they contacted your lawyer, not you. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, at, at that point, at that point, everything was being communicated via lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. It just.
1: <sighs> okay, so there's a there's a bunch of layers here number one even if removing the equipment from your office happened you know sort of out of sequence one would think that because of the public nature of this which we'll get into how that can maybe contributed to to the whole situation one would think that because of the public nature of this and the, the 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 knowledge that eyes are on this particular situation you would be extra careful (laughs) <laughs> like You should be extra careful anyway when you're dismissing someone or not renewing someone because there's all kinds of legal issues that can be leveled. I used to be a school principal, and we had to go through basically a long checklist to make sure that we were doing everything on the up and up if we had to dismiss someone. So it's it seems very foolish to me that they wouldn't take assiduous care. In your situation in particular. So that's one thing. The other thing is it, how, I know it's been communicated through lawyers at this point, but these aren't just like figures or positions. These are people, you know, Yeah, and to not hear from them directly. How did that make you feel? Well, I mean,
0: to your first point, I totally agree with you. You would think that they would take assiduous care in how they deal with this. And to just to just uh, to receive no response back from the dean, I mean, I have I've just felt completely disrespected through this whole process. You know, I am I'm a full professor at this university for 20 years and at no point you know, I, I would love, to, I, I wanted to have a good faith conversation with people. Yeah. You know, I just, that that's all this is about is just, that's the racial justice unit I teach. It's a good faith conversation. Let's, let's be honest and let's be vulnerable yeah. and and talk. So the lack of respect really hurt me. And then to your second point, I mean, that, that's what really stings. As I said, I, I'm close to some of these students, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've mentored them, I'm guiding them and and uh, there was no closure at all. That's. It was just. This is the end. You don't yes. come back. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm not allowed to step foot on campus now. I, actually, the um, the human resource person at PBA notified me that uh, you can contact the head of security uh, when you want to pick up your belongings from your office. So there's going. This so the. the, the <laughs> The, the the head of security will be standing outside my door, and I'm told for, I get a four-hour window of time. He's going to be standing outside my door as as my wife and I and my son, and hopefully a friend of my son's, uh, a friend of my son, uh, help me oh, collect my all my gracious. stuff and just leave the university, and that's it.
1: Oh, what a dagger to the heart. I mean, it, it, it's thing after thing after thing. And again, yeah, I've I've been a, a a teacher and a principal before. I had the grace of being able to say goodbye, you know, when 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 yeah. it was time for me to move on. I cannot imagine. Have any students reached out to you, or do you expect anything?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, okay. uh, and for a while it was you are not allowed to communicate with students right but um, but now that's that's out the window um so uh, does are yeah, not named- I'm, I'm I'm receiving word I mean my students are saying we miss you we we want you know we want we want you back in the classroom, uh you know, students are talking about different ways to protest this on campus Um, there, there might be a protest on campus tomorrow organized uh, by students. Wow. Um good for and them. you know I, I went to social media again about this. And once again, you know, so many of my former students from 15 years ago, 10 oh. years ago are saying we stand beside you here. We're going to fight with you on this. So that's always that's been the upside throughout this process is the support I've received from people. Uh that, that really helps me continue on.
1: You know, I I always tell people the, the 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 season I find myself in with this racial justice work is um, the folks who are skeptical no longer invite me. They they don't want to hear from me. I'm I'm too woke. I'm too left. I'm too uh, critical. Racist. Whatever. So I'm usually talking to a coalition of the willing these days. And and the role I find myself in oftentimes is a cheerleader for people and saying you can do this. And what I tell them is there are promises of god that we cannot understand until we're in the fire until we take a step out for righteousness sake uh we prayed a prayer before we 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 started and i talked about uh uh the passage from matthew chapter 5 blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake there's that that blessing we cannot experience unless we're persecuted for righteousness sake. So, so you talking about, you know, your former students and uh, your current students saying you miss that is in some small way, I think part of the blessing that you get to see the lives you impacted and the people who are in your corner.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if I can respond to that, some of what you just said there, um, First of all, you're you're, you're being a cheerleader. I, I just want to take this time to thank you because I can tell you that those conversations that we've had over the past week and a half, two weeks, um, that has been a highlight. Like I, mm-hmm. I've been blessed by your words of encouragement, chokes me up a little bit. Um, yeah, you you are really uh, you were really there for me, and man, I I am so grateful. I mean, I see God working in you powerfully, really powerfully. And then being blessed in the fire, what you were talking about, you know, before all this happened, I have to be honest, my my faith was 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 uh, I I was struggling with faith.
1: Sure.
0: It was it was hanging by a thread there at times. Wow. But man, now I know what it is like. This is mm-hmm. really the first time in my mm-hmm. life, I think, to to experience that blessing in the fire that you're talking about yeah, this wow. this intensely, and it really has had an impact on me wow so yeah that that that's been powerful um and and then the, yeah and the, the support from students uh, yeah. uh you know that that keeps me going as well so I, I have I have I have the, just knowing that there are people like you standing beside me man that makes such a big percent
1: hundred percent you know what it just occurred to me you remind me of Charles Morgan jr does that does that name ring a bell? That is in the um, introduction to The Color of Compromise. Man, I remember when I found that story. Charles Morgan Jr. was a, a young white businessman in Montgomery, Alabama, in 1963, when there was the 16th Street Birmingham church bombing, and four little girls were killed in this racial terrorist attack. And just a day or two later, or yeah, just a little, a short time later... Uh, Charles Morgan Jr., he was scheduled to give this talk in front of the Business Association of uh, uh, Birmingham, rather. And um, he changed his talk in light of what had just happened. And he talked about complicity. And he said, who did it? Who threw that bomb? Was it a Negro or a white? And he said, the answer should be, it was all of us, right? And he took that moment to publicly decry the compromise and complicity of his fellow white, most of them Christian uh, uh, people in Birmingham. And I see you in that legacy of speaking truth to power to your own community. I mean, these are your your people in in many ways, at least professionally, right? Uh, That you would take an opportunity to talk about racial justice and then when that comes under scrutiny to say no 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 we're not going to do this quietly and I'm not going to just sort of absorb your fear um I'm going to speak out about it so first of all I hope that's a I hope I think it's a compliment like Charles Morgan Jr was demonstrating immense courage he actually got ran out of of town for for his stances as well um but did did you draw on anything? I I asked you in the written interview why you chose to go public. Talk to me about that process, and if anything sort of inspired you. Did you read something? Did you remember something? Were you looking at someone else's example?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I do remember that anecdote from Charles Morgan Jr. in the introduction to the Color Compromise. And hey, to be compared to him, I'll take that. I, I like <laughs> that. yeah yeah for sure that that is that is a compliment. Um. So yeah, uh, you know, having been at this university for over twenty years, I, I know that in the past there have been instances where, well, people have compromised. They, yeah. they they were they were not ready to take a risk and to speak truth to power. And uh, when this happened to me, um, I thought this is this is the opportune time. This I, I can't just let this go. This is wrong this is this is not this this is a complicit Christianity that I'm seeing here and it's time to try to inject some courageous Christianity into this so that's that's what encouraged me to take the risk and um you know I I as I I have received lots of support but of course, you know like Charles Morgan Jr I've also received the pushback like cut questioning my motivation yeah um what you're doing is wrong you're hurting the university mm-hmm. but but for me um this was a clear moment where i had to, i felt like I, I felt compelled to step in and 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 take a risk and i and i don't regret any of it
1: yeah i would do it again wow that's so powerful i think you are inspiring and encouraging in the classic sense of the word inspiring courage in other people uh through your example um Just to, you know, kind of get real here for a moment. Twenty years at Palm Beach, Atlantic—it's always been conservative. Mm -hmm. Um, Were you uh, at at all sort of a rabble rouser, kind of shake things up before this, or is this something that's relatively recent, maybe even unexpected uh, for for you?
0: Well, I would say that uh, just by my. Intellectual constitution. I'm a provocateur by nature. I've always been a kind of a provocateur, and, and yeah. I mean in the Socratic sense, the way that Socrates sure. was a provocateur, sure. um, to get people to just to question things. Um, so that's always been my identity. Um, I, I've never been I've never been hesitant. I mean, it, people know where I stand. People know mm-hmm. that I, I'm not political conservative. That I'm more to the left uh, on most issues. That's That's been my reputation at PBA
1: okay. for many, many years. Okay. Right? That I was, was wondering. Funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But nevertheless, you know, this, this was a huge surprise. I mean, I can tell you that, um, that uh, just a year and a half ago, the university posted on its social media uh, a bit about me, saying something like, Dr. Jokel is an asset to this university he's done great work here or something like that. That was just a year and a half ago. Yeah.
1: My, my.
0: And so I'm still the same person, but the difference is my racial justice unit is now, um, is now unacceptable because it is woke. So that's the difference. The university has changed. I have not Uh, changed. I'm the same person. Yeah. But the university has changed.
1: So the reason I asked, you know, was this sort of in line with your trajectory or who you have been at the university is is because I'm reminded of how we often get the Rosa Parks story wrong, that she was just this little old lady minding her business. And one day she was just really tired and didn't want to move. When the reality is she had been an activist her whole life. She'd been raised by activists. She'd been active in the NAACP, advocating for people. So this was nothing new to her. And, And there just happened to be this moment that was a clear decision point. Am I going to cross this line or stay where I am? But it wasn't out of character for her. So I just wanted to establish that because a lot of times, you know, you and I first came into contact just a few weeks ago because of this action, and there are a lot of people just getting acquainted with you because of these actions that you're taking. But we need to know that it doesn't just happen out of the blue. It's not just some like right. moment of epiphany. Most of the time, it's in line with a pattern and a habit and a practice that's been there all along. Um, so I, th- I just I thought that was important uh, to to mention there.
0: Um, that, that it most definitely is important. Uh, this yeah. this is who I am, and and I think you're right. It did reach a defining point because uh, the political moment was right for it to reach that right. decisive point. Right. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I when I would teach racial justice, you know, after 2020, I told my students, look, you know, I I was marching in those Black Lives Matters
1: protests. Whoa. I do
0: take this seriously. This is this is who I am. You know, you can come to different conclusions about this material that I'm presenting to you.
1: That's it. But I'll I'll
0: be honest. I'll be honest about me. This is who I am. I can't help who I am, and I make no apologies for who I am. But I just want you all to be aware of that.
1: And what you just said is so significant because what they want to claim is quote indoctrination that professors like you who just even talk about racial justice right are indoctrinating their students into believing a certain way and not letting them explore and come to their own conclusions. But you just said it right there. You said you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to right. think like I think, or you. And that's what every professor does and says. And the best professors say what you just said. This is who I am. Right. This so, my, am.
0: Yeah. yeah, my mantra for at least fifteen years has always been the fir- on the first day of class all opinions are welcome yeah. in my classroom yeah. all opinions we people in this class might disagree about those opinions and we can debate those this is a safe space for debate and then when we're finished here we walk out of this classroom and we and we can love each other like we're supposed to love each other yeah, yeah? so this is that yeah i that's i think that is an important point to make that Yes, I, I do have my commitments and my and my my beliefs on this. But all again, back to what we were saying earlier, all I'm trying to do is foster an honest discussion where everyone feels comfortable sharing. And we have to be willing to make some mistakes along the way. I make mistakes, you know? But let's not let mistakes end the conversation, right. let's let's engage this material in this classroom vigorously honestly with christian conviction with some vulnerability
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and you know in the past sometimes that works right in the class sometimes sometimes it's magical what happens in the classroom when it mm-hmm. works well um so yeah that's that's what i'm all about as a professor and and, and you know when when it's, it's like the university. They said this gets back to just like the lack of respect I'm shown. Why? Why can't the university trust me on this? You know, I'm mm. they, they promoted me to full professor. They they used to trust me and to have these conversations. Yeah. So that was just
1: like you said. They've so changed. Huge. They've yeah. changed.
0: Yeah. It's so disappointing.
1: And what you're talking about, uh, I, I I don't know our listeners and viewers how 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 much into academia you are, but this is the standard practice of the most effective professors to 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 present the material to let students come to their own conclusions to always be ready with an honest answer about what they think or believe you know but never forcing this on student and that's what higher education is about um to this point about them changing am i am i right in recalling that this came on their radar because of like one parent complaint, something like that?
0: Yeah, that's what happened. It was just one parent who complained uh, that I was supposedly allegedly indoctrinating students. That's all it took, one parent. And reminding, and I want to remind you that I've been teaching this racial justice unit in multiple classes for 12 years, and not once has any PBA administrator voiced any concern about my racial justice unit. So this was the first time, and that was also the time when they decided that they were going to delay the issuance of my contract because they had to review the material that I use in my racial justice unit
1: whoa one person in all this time ouch so do you have any theories or ideas about why or what caused officials at the university to change so drastically that one parent can call and this 20-year relationship with you can be put in jeopardy?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not alone uh, uh, when I say that the university uh, seems to have taken a hard turn to the right Mm -hmm. over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And uh, having taken this hard right turn to talk about racial justice, to even use the words race and racism, is, is now off limits. Unreal. So, so I see this as just a uh, the the influence uh, the, of of a toxic political culture, and the university is, you know, if it's going to continue to go on that far right turn, then it it it's it's got to put an end to this sort of com- this, yeah. this this sort of uh, the, racial justice unit.
1: So, do you think it's like the political climate that's kind of a majority of what's pushing this? Like, are they afraid of getting? Uh, clamped down on because of these new laws that are being passed in Florida? Or is it? Is it, you know, they're kind of ingratiating themselves to the political powers that be? I mean, how does, how does the politics influence their stance that leads to something like this?
0: I think it's ingratiation. I think they're ingratiating themselves to um, certain political figures. I mean, as you said, the university has always been conservative, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I think a few years ago, the Wall Street Journal identified the university as one of the most, the top 20 conservative universities in the nation. Yeah. And I just, I I think that that the university sees that as its final financial way forward. Like it um, wants to be the next Liberty, after the Liberty University fiasco, there's a lot of disillusionment right now at Liberty. Yeah. PBA is like thinking... We're going to be the next
1: opportunity liberty. calling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Opportunity calling. So here we go. Yeah. This is, this is, a, this could be a defining moment for them too. You know,
1: I never want to think this, but it almost always comes back to it is money. Yeah. Oh, sure. Financial considerations. Right. Like so often as we look throughout history, what caused the compromise? What tempted people to complicity? It was either the threat of losing money or the prospect of getting more money oftentimes both at the same time and and especially for higher ed like it's tough out there in general for higher ed institutions and then when you look at like I would I would I would put PBA in a group with Grove City College Hillsdale College any number that we can um name and what they've done is Staked their future on being perceived as ultra conservative and as far right as you can go. Why? Because they perceive a niche there that that becomes a selling point for, particularly for parents who then want their students to come up in this quote, a safe environment, right? Where they're not going to be indoctrinated. Well, isn't it ironic that it seems like the indoctrination isn't coming from professors like you talking about racial justice? But from other people trying to uh, indoctrinate students with this far right conservative thinking,
0: right? Yeah, e- exactly. Yeah, the, the the indoctrination is not coming from me. You know what make make what makes indoctrination possible? I think for a university like PBA is when it shuts up people like me. Yeah, once they shut me up. Then that culture of fear, which is already present at PBA, you know, afraid to speak out. What what, what can I teach? What can't I teach? Now that culture of, of fear is going to be intensified, I think, you course. know,
1: like you literally could lose your job.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, you did, most definitely. So I, I know that there are PBA faculty who are feeling this right now and it makes them uneasy. I, I know some who are leaving. They've mm. decided this is the last straw. Wow. Time to get out of here. Wow. So yeah, That's this chilling. is this is a this is going to be a watershed moment, I think, for the university.
1: Let me talk to any ultra-conservative folks who might be listening and probably trolling this conversation. You think you're winning, you're losing. Students are losing. And ultimately, truth is losing. You know what this is about. You know what this is about. You can study the history. You can read the primary source documents. You can look at these actions and say whether you would want that to happen in your own workplace or to people you know. You know what's right. I don't have to convince or persuade you. You think you're winning these culture wars, these woke wars, whatever you want to call them, but you're losing and you're losing people who are turning away from Christ. Because they see you doing these things in Christ's name and think that's what Jesus is about. And you know it's not what Jesus is about. So anybody who's looking at this situation and saying this Christianity stuff, this faith stuff, these Christian colleges, no, uh uh-uh. I just want to say, in the words of Frederick Douglass, between the Christianity of this land and the Christianity of Christ, I see the widest possible difference. Or we can go to 1 Timothy 6.10, which says, uh, and the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and because of it, many have wandered from the true faith. So what you're seeing from a lot of people claiming Christian, claiming to be Christian and claiming to do these things in Christ's name are people who, many times for the love of money, have wandered from the true faith. So I just want to make clear what we're dealing with, what we're not dealing with here. Sorry, I got just had to get that. It makes me mad. It makes me mad, Sam. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, can I, can I respond to that? Can yeah, I say something about up, that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you right now that my faith has been damaged by that university. Yeah. My, my faith was just struggling to breathe yes. in that university. And I guess, you know, I didn't want this to happen. But since it has, I am really excited now that I'm free from that that toxic space to reignite my faith and and people like you, I mean, that's I want to be Christians like you, Jamar. You know what I mean? That that's that's what's going to nurture me back. That's what's going to sustain me. Is I need to reconnect with with what it really means to be a Christian. You know that, that you, you think it'd be obvious, but man, when you're in that day in and day out every day, man, that weighs on you. Yeah, that weighs on you and it just drags your faith down. And, you know, I just need I, I, one of my first steps is just going to just try to uh, rediscover mm. what it means to be a Christian. Mm. I mean, I, I, I know Christian theology in and out. I mean, I've been yeah. teaching this, but I just now it's real. And now it's now I'm in that that fire that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Experiencing the blessings of that fire. Now's my time. With with the help of Christians like you to, to um, you know, head down the right road now. Right, really rediscover, rediscover as I said, what it means to be a Christian.
1: I know this is a real loss, and and uh, not least of which a financial loss, but also a loss of relationships, position, all of that. There's grieving that needs to be done, which I hope you give yourself time and space for and permission for, but also it's part of the process of being free. You're being freed now, brother. And, and in being freed, you can actually experience the love of Christ in a deeper way. And you've been in this toxic stew where even the little bit of gesture toward following Jesus truly has been opposed. You're facing headwinds. Now I'm not saying there's no other Christians there. I'm not saying that these aren't You know, kind people in in a lot of different ways. But I'm talking about institutionally, right? You're facing those headwinds constantly. There's a wear and tear on your soul. And I am excited for the next season for you when it's still going to feel like a wilderness wandering. Like you're, not, where am I supposed to go? Where, Lord, I need the I need the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Guide me, right? But along the way, you're gonna also find other people who have been through something similar. They took a stand. I'm wearing my uh, Justice Takes Sides t-shirt, special for you because you took a side, you took a stand. And and what happens in this wilderness wandering is 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 you bump into other people who have done the same thing in their own sphere, and that becomes the true church to you. You know, yes. it's a beautiful, sweet thing.
0: I, I I want to embrace this new season of my of my life, and I definitely want to connect with those Christians.
1: Yeah, and, yeah.
0: and have them help me through this process. Great, I I I, can, I I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the students for a little bit. Um, I'm curious about what kind of student comes there. I mean, when you opened up these kind of discussions uh, around racial justice, was there a a plethora of opinions, or does it attract, you know, kind of a conservative student body as well?
0: Yeah, uh, well, sometimes it's tough to read the students. Uh, I can tell you that a lot of students are coming uh, from educational bubbles. Mm. Yeah. You know, some of them might be homeschooled, some of them might have gone to a small Christian high school, and of course, they have never uh engaged with racial justice material so it's it's an eye-opener uh for a lot of them and i think the ones that are open-minded truly do engage the material with open-mindedness and christian conviction and their 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 minds are changed their eyes are opened and they're willing to you know explore further and and when i when i see that you know i I make a point to connect with those students and say to talk to me, you know, what are you feeling what's going on in your head what's going on in your heart. Uh, So by and large, I would say the student response has been positive. I mean, after all I've been teaching it for 12 years, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know when um, a, a unit's not working and when it's working. Sure. So I think I think that so the, the lesson to be learned there is I think there are lots of people who don't know about the issues that frame the discussion about race and racism today. But once they do, they're open-minded enough to say, "I think that I need to change the way I think about certain things, or I you know I need to change the way I
1: pray." Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I think there are a lot of, lots of students. Lots of people who are hungry for this, they they want to know more, but it's just becoming more and more difficult in the political environment, a political environment that is trying to just shut that down. And if we shut that down, those people who are hungry to learn more are just going to be turned off immediately. And, and then, you know, at that point, it's just, it's a disaster.
1: Yeah. And I hate what's happening to you. But I think the most tragic thing is what's what's happening with students. Uh, they won't be exposed to this anymore. Like how even can you even conjecture how. One would talk about race at PBA at this point. Is there any way to do it?
0: Oh, <laughs> man. After, after what happened to me, y'all look what happened to me. You do it. You might be next. Right, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess so. So after this happened with me, uh, the the university made an announcement. There's there's an event that's coming up at the end of March, and it's called something like, "Celebrate Diversity." Oh. And, and so, what's going to happen is they're going to everyone can gather on the green, and there'll be foods from around the world. And you'll be able to sample foods from around the world and we'll all just, you know, be happy that everyone's, that we're diverse, you know, and fine, you know, that those, those events can be fun, but that's not what's needed here. No, what's needed here is an honest conversation. What's needed here is what should be foundational to the life of a Christian. It's, it's repentance, confession, repentance, reconciliation. Yeah yeah i i i just wish that my situation could have led to that process those 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 steps that are just foundational to the christian life repentance confession repentance and then reconciliation it'd
1: mm. mm. be such a beautiful thing that sound too much like jesus um and 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 I it just 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 for FYI's sake for our listeners and viewers, I spoke at Palm Beach Atlantic not that long ago. I mean, it was before the pandemic, but you know that they would even invite someone like me uh, to come speak. And I had a I had a really pleasant time. Met a lot of great people. Interacted with a local church down there. Beautiful setting. Oh, so the students are spoiled. I went to school in northern Indiana, <laughs> where we were under snow uh, most of the school year. So um, it's really, when you say the university's changed, I would never even think of inviting me at this point. And, and just to your point, let me talk about Black students. Are there many there? And I'm I have a particular burden for Black students because these kinds of issues have dramatic repercussions on All students, but especially uh, students of color and Black students in particular.
0: Yeah, there 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 aren't that many Black students at PBA. Uh, There there is a sort of underground Black student union called Black at PBA, and they they'll occasionally post um, stuff that's going down on campus, appalling stuff, racist stuff. but you know, does anyone ever listen to what they post? Does the university take it seriously? Um, I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, and that's yeah, that's that's part of the problem. That's why the, the the process of confession, repentance, and reconciliation is is so much is so needed. And, and by the way, uh, I went to the when you when you spoke at PBA. That's when I was first introduced to you. Oh, okay. That was the best chapel. That I, had, oh. that I had never attended in my 20 years at PBA. I had goosebumps when you were speaking, and when you were speaking truth to power,
1: my, my, my. that
0: chapel has never witnessed anyone speaking truth to power the way that you spoke truth to power. Uh. Because you at that moment were calling on PBA to be accountable. So you you emboldened me. You you made you made, yeah, that, that was a defining moment for me. My goodness. And, and by the way. I was going through some of my old files because I had to clean out everything because, of Mm. course, I don't have access to PBA email. And I discovered something that took place not long after you were on campus. So I I used to be the faculty sponsor of the College Democrats.
1: Okay, (laughs) Yeah, you've been doing this. Okay, And and,
0: and we 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 hosted an event called Race and Racism at PBA. And it was completely student led. By, by black students, by uh, and by students of color, yeah, completely. You know, uh, um, and I was rewatching it, and I was like amazed. I thought to myself, "There is no way I would have gotten away with doing that today." Right. And so my point is what you just said earlier. They they, they wouldn't let you speak on campus now, right? They would, That's that just shows that's that helps you gauge how much PBA has changed. In the last two and a half years. That's that's all it's been, really. Wow. Yeah. It's only been about two and a half years. That's a whirlwind. That, that's how much things have changed. Unbelievable. It's just really unsettling, really shocking.
1: Well, so this is um this is not the end of your story. You've you've decided to take action now. Uh so so first of all, I'm 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 the nomenclature. Okay, so they decided not to renew for next year, but then they told you, you can't teach anymore this year, but did they fire you or how are they? Okay. Basically,
0: basically they fired me. I am no longer receiving, I am no longer being paid by, my last paycheck was yesterday.
1: So there's no even severance or anything like that?
0: No severance, nothing. I'm cut off. I'm done. I was told that my, my health insurance will, uh, will end at the end of this month. Oh my god! Actually, right after I finished with the zoom call, I have to, after I finished with this interview, my wife and I are frantically trying to line up insurance plans for me so that I'm covered come April 1st.
1: I I would have thought at least it hey, will pay you through the end of the semester. That is. Not, it, it's not only profoundly wrong for a Christian university, it's profoundly unchristian.
0: Yeah. I mean, the university says we're Christ first university that, that they, they, they just made that into a farce. Woo.
1: I am so sorry, brother. Um, Lawsuit, you're not letting them just.
0: Yeah, so I I have a I have a lawyer, a legal team behind me, and yeah, we're we're exploring legal options right now. I, I can't talk about what's coming ahead, what's coming up for me with respect to the legal uh the legal route, but yes, we're I'm gonna fight this. I have a lot of fight in me. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way I'm wired. I'm gonna fight this. I'm glad. My lawyer has a lot of fight. We are really motivated. Oh so, yeah, we're.
1: Well, I am committed to just walking with you as a a brother in Christ, but also as, you know, whatever platform I have, um, because injustice thrives in anonymity. And so what you're doing is shining a light on this, which is really the only way an institution like this is going to change if there's outside pressure. it's, It's like the civil rights movement. Activists had to shine a light. On the abuses that were happening that and they had to show people nationally what was going on before anything started to shift so that's the spirit that i think that that you're acting in and i just want to say that you know feel free to avail yourself of this podcast my Substack, all of that stuff uh to whatever extent possible they always say you know never ask the person who's in the midst of something how to help <laughs> um, because they may not know they're dealing with stuff so you may not know the best ways to help. Here's one way I think we we ought to to help anyway. Is can you do you have a PayPal or a Venmo that we can just bless you um, as you're now out of a job and try and provide for a family?
0: Um I don't. I don't have one. I think my wife does.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know. She might have one. This is your this is your <laughs> sign you, right after we get off of this even before you go to check insurance. Go on ahead and just sign up for PayPal or Venmo. I'm going to put this in the show I'm going to put it in the show notes and and we're just going to ask people to to support uh as as you as you battle this thing which I'll give you the last word if you would speak on first of all any other ways to help?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I just, you, the way you're helping me is, has been, uh, I'm just so grateful. I'm speechless. I mean, emotionally, spiritually, that means so much to me. That's how people can help me emotionally yeah. and spiritually. I just, yeah. I, I I love that. that. That's, that's what I need. That's what I'm feeding off of right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't really thought about <laughs> my head is still spinning yep you know i'm not sure which way is up right now financially i I don't know I, i i mean i i have to get back into the job market yeah which is horrendous you know in my field the job market is just absolutely abysmal so i might you know another line of work maybe yeah i don't know but yeah just
1: uh so
0: emotional support, spiritual yes. support sp- stand you know vociferous resp- public support there you
1: go, there you go. no
0: i that, that 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 I feed off of that that's
1: good yeah it's it's not the time for us to be bashful about supporting one another um uh so I think I think for folks listening, um encourage Professor Sam and his family uh you know comment on on his Instagram or dm and with positive messages right publicly calling out pba for these actions so if you know folks who have connections or influence reach out to them say hey do you know what's going on send them my Substack or this uh interview keep shining a light on it amplify this more because and this will be uh the final comment i want you to make you're very insightful about how what's going on with you is indicative of something bigger. So, can you express for us uh, why this isn't just about one professor at one school?
0: Yeah, I think what's happening to, happening to me is in the future going to be a sort of political metaphor, or or it's going to it's going to have symbolic significance because it is a sign of the times. Um, I think this is just kind of the beginning. Of a of a sort of legislative blitzkrieg that that the the, the, the Florida administ- governor and the administration um, is launching, and I think it's time for people to stand up against that. I think it's going to spread outside Florida, and it's not. It's no, at that point, it's not going to be just people like me. It's going to be other people um, in other states. So I, I feel really compelled, inspired, and motivated to, to fight against this, 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 what I've been calling this toxic political climate, this, this anti-woke ideology. It's yeah. just really, really dangerous, not only for higher education, but for those honest and open conversations about race and racism that are just so important to be having right now.
1: That's a beautiful word. And I think you're absolutely right on this is coming to a school, a legislature, a library near you if it's not already there, which is why we all need to be concerned about this. I'll end with this just to encourage you, professor, and I'm still call you professor. And this is why I I, I wrote in the Substack post where, where you talk about being fired. Um, uh, I wrote about that on my Substack. And I said this in the last paragraph. Palm Beach Atlantic University and its leaders have chosen the side of compromise and complicity with racism. But through his choice to courageously confront racism, Professor Jokel may be teaching his greatest lesson of all. You're still teaching. And your most important lesson is happening right now in a lot of ways. So I just want to encourage you um, and say thank you for this conversation uh you're not alone and we will be paying attention to your updates as well as uh, similar events going on nationally thank you
0: thank you so much